Welcome to Servium, Latin for I Will Serve, a new podcast series from the Diocese of Rapid City, exploring the vocation to the permanent diaconate. Join me as I visit with some of the deacons who are fulfilling the mission of Christ as servants, sharing their gifts in Western South Dakota. I'm your host, Karen Gibis, and I'm honored to introduce today's guest, Deacon Craig Pearson. Welcome, Deacon Craig. Well, thank you for having me. I am so excited about today's interview. We have a lot to cover, but before we get started, can you tell a little bit about yourself, your family, what you do for a living, and what parish you're attached to? Sure. Uh, I'm Deacon Craig Pearson. I'm at the St. Anthony's of Padua Parish in Hot Springs, South Dakota. I've been married to my lovely wife for 50 years. We were high school sweethearts for three years, so I say actually it's 53. We have two children, a boy and a girl, 10 grandchildren. Wow. Um, five in Minnesota, five in Colorado. So. And you're in the middle. And we're kind of in the middle just about, so. I'm, I say I'm retired. My wife says I'm not. I owned a, an appliance store for 17 years in Hot Springs. Now I don't have the store, but I still do repair work. And then she said, when I retired, she said, you need to get a hobby. And I said, working is my hobby. And I just, so I do repair work in the home. So That's good. Right That's good. So your journey to the diaconate, what did that <laughs> look like? Oh, you laughed. <laughs> this is going to be good. <laughs> um. I, I'm a so-called, you know, cradle Catholic. Uh, I was Catholic in name only for many, many years. But through my wife and the grace of God, I started getting more interested in the church. But I spent five years uh, in total silence uh, as far as the diaconate program is concerned. God just kept kind of hounding me. I'd wake up in the middle of the night or I'd read scripture and it would say something but i was in denial i had a conversation with the father and i told him i said you need to get the universal phone book out and look i said there's a lot of craig pearson's in that phone book and you have the wrong one i'm sorry <laughs> to say um How, what was his answer to that uh, <laughs> he, uh, no i got the right one he says but you know i want to talk to you about this so we did for five years I never said a word to my wife. I never said a word to my priest, uh, my spiritual director. Finally, I did mention it to my spiritual director. And I said, Father, I said, I think I'm supposed to be looking at the diaconate. And I said, and he says, well, how long has this been going on? And I said, five years. And I said, but I got to tell you, I said, I can name at least 10 men in our parish who are way more qualified to be a deacon than me. And he said, you're probably right. <laughs> uh, he said, but you're the one who's thinking about saying yes. And he says, have you told Margie about it? And I said, no. And he said, well, that might be a good idea. A good place to start. <laughs> yeah. So I went home and I told her, I said, I, I think I'm being called to the diaconate. And she goes, how long have you been thinking about that? And I said, five years. And she goes, what? <laughs> she said, <laughs> But she says, I'm not real surprised. Mm -hmm. So that's... Uh, when was that? Of, what year was that? Oh, let's see. I was ordained in 2016, so that... And then that was a six-year program, 2010. Yeah. So, yeah. So that Five was, years started about 2005. So it's been a long journey to where yeah. you are today. Yeah. 
So deacons work in the church in various forms. One of the ways that you reach out to people is to do communion services. What does that look like when a deacon presides at a communion service? I guess the first thing would be to clarify a couple of things. Um, one is it's always to let the people know that a communion service does not take the place of mass. There, It's a con- kind of a convenience or, uh, you know, it's a ministry, but it's designed more for those situations where people can't get to Mass. We do do communion services once a week at St. Anthony's, but like our our priest, Father Collins, he's in Custer for the entire week. So then we do a communion service once a week just so they have people have the opportunity to receive Christ in the Blessed Sacrament. And we do communion services at the state home. Those people, many of those can't get out. So it's a way of offering Christ to these people through the Eucharist, but with the understanding that it's it not Mass. Them. Right. They don't take very long. Depends upon how long you want to preach. Uh, you can do a communion service without preaching in 15 minutes or so. There are some similarities. You know, we have uh, opening, we have the readings, do a homily, mm-hmm. um, our Father, and then communion. Many things are left out of that we would have in Mass. You know, of course, there's no consecration. Right. Um, we don't do the Lamb of God. We don't do Gloria. So there are there are some differences. differences. Yeah. So, but uh, basically, it's so that it's just offered. Right. And then when you say you preach at there, is it just a few minute sermon? Is it touch you, on the Eucharist or just on a subject that is on your heart? Uh, it, they're usually fairly short, four or five minutes maybe, mm-hmm. but pretty you know basic as far as preaching goes. We look at you know I look at the the readings. I'm more of a gospel focuser, mm-hmm. so same basic thing. Lay people can do you know a lay minister can do a communion service without a homily. Okay. They can do a reflection, but that should be presented to the priest right beforehand. So most time down there, you know, if there's a, if it's a lay minister doing the communion service, they don't do any reflection or homily or anything, but they just did one this morning down there. So. Mm. Now, can you, as a deacon, do you offer a blessing during the communion service? Those types of uh, things that maybe, obviously a lay minister can't do, but then that would bring a little bit better, maybe a option to the communion service when a deacon does it that isn't there with a lay minister. Yeah, a deacon is called to do a blessing at the end, just like we would have at Mass. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you see the, there's a liturgy. There's a liturgy for, for it? For doing this. It's communion outside of Mass. Okay. Okay. Um, there's also a liturgy for a Sunday celebration in the absence of a priest. Oh, okay. Which is basically a communion service. Done very rarely. We've actually thought about it in Hot Springs because... Our priest, Father Collins, is in Custer uh, in the mornings, and in the wintertime, we're always concerned whether he's going to get down there or not, and the priest always has made it down there, but we did do, we've we've done a couple of Sunday celebrations in the absence of a priest over the last years, but they're they're different, they're longer, Mm -hmm. there's more involved, but yeah, there's a blessing at the end, so a lay person doesn't give a blessing at the end, but a deacon would. Okay. 
Well, there's other ways that deacons work in the parishes. What are some other ministries that you work in, especially in your own parish? I guess two of, two of my favorite is uh, for about six and a half years now, every other Wednesday, we've been doing something at nine o'clock in the morning. We call it CCC. It's Christ Church and Coffee. We start with morning prayer, and then we do a subject on the church, on catechesis. I'm, I'm a big, big believer in catechesis. So over the years, we've, we've talked about anything and everything, primarily the Mass. Yeah, and uh, is this for the adults in your parish? Um, anyone can come? Anyone can come, but it's because it's Wednesday mornings, kids are usually in school, mm -hmm. so the people we get on that morning are generally older people. Mm -hmm. Then we also do every Wednesday evening. We started about six weeks ago. We do something, we call it open hearts. Same format, catechesis. That's also open to, it's open to anybody. Mm -hmm. um, primarily it's, of course, people that are in the, in the church, in the parish right now, but uh, we do about the same, mm -hmm. about the same thing. I, I just love talking about Jesus and about the church. So So why is catechesis the one thing that's been your main ministry? My wife and I have taught RCIA for 12 or 14 years probably. And one of the things that we found in doing RCIA is we had many people coming from other faiths that studied their way to Catholicism. Mm -hmm. And our catechumens, it seems... Uh, for many of them, they know so much more about the church than the cattle, the, yeah, yeah, cradle Catholics. Right, right. Um, even those that didn't study themselves in, by going through the RCIA program, they know more. Right. And so, you know, over the years and, and just talking to people and my own experience that I knew very, very little about the church. Uh, I didn't know much about the Mass at all. It was just something that you had to go to. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's just many, many lifelong Catholics that we just don't know enough about our church. And if we don't know enough, then we can't love what we have. Exactly. Exactly. You can't, love and, you can't fall in love with Jesus if you don't know anything about him, and you can't fall in love with the church or the Mass if you don't know anything about it. That's my... That's your... What drives you. Yeah. So one of the things that um, comes with, I guess, a, a focus on adult formation and a catechesis is you're giving instruction on what we as cradle Catholics have just understood to be normal, right? Like the understanding of what the Mass is or things like adoration. There's aspects of that that there are some people who don't understand. How do you address things like that? So we have adoration uh, every first Friday. Mm -hmm. uh, for 12 hours right now, and we have adoration every Saturday morning for an hour. But for First Fridays, you know, we have a sign-up sheet that people sign up for an hour because we have to make sure that there's someone there. But just a couple of weeks ago, I had a, a lifelong Catholic ask me, is it all right if I go to adoration if I'm not signed up? Um, and then I get, you know, people ask me, I would go, but I don't know what to do. I'm yeah. afraid, you know, I'm going to do something wrong. For myself, growing up, when I thought of adoration, to me it was I had to spend a, this time in prayer, you know, on my knees with my rosary or uh, whatever, but it was just a constant, I have to pray and pray, pray, and 
the idea of just sitting in silence and, and just being present and letting Christ be present to us, keeping our mouths shut, is kind of a foreign... It's hard in today's life it to, is. to have that silence when the world screams at us. Yeah. Yeah. So when you think about your ministry, just your time as a deacon, how have you seen God work in your life? I, I guess in so many ways. One of my favorite things about being a deacon is, uh, and it's not, it's not exclusive by any means to the diaconate. Uh, lay ministers can do it, but distributing communion mm -hmm. really just took on a whole new meaning when I became a deacon. Mm. Um, I've been, you know, I've believed in the presence, the real presence of Christ in that respect that if people said, do you believe in the real yeah. presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist? Oh, yeah, sure. But that's about as deep as it went. Ah. And the first time that I did a communion service, okay, and you go to the tabernacle and get the Blessed Sacrament, come up to the altar and, and raise the host. The first time that I said, behold, I just lost it. I do every time I think about it. Mm -hmm. um, and so this idea of distributing our Lord, they're being able to, to offer him to these people. It's just a, to use one of uh, Father Mike Schmidt's words, it's just incredible. Uh, you know, I see people coming up with tears mm -hmm. in their eyes. I see people coming up with huge smiles on their faces. Unfortunately, I see a lot of people come up that are just coming up. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. That's, that's very powerful, that moment of realization that you know, he becoming alive to you in a different way. Yeah. I've never been able to talk about it and get through it. <laughs> what has been the most surprising part of being a deacon? So uh, when I had my interview with the bishop uh, just before my ordination, you know, he, he asked me, he said, so what do you think will be the hardest thing for you to do? What are you f afraid of the most? And I said, oh, going to nursing homes and hospitals. <laughs> I hate nursing homes and hospitals. So that's my biggest fear. And then he goes, so where do you think your biggest blessing will come from? And I said, well, <laughs> knowing the Father, uh, the way he's been treating me <laughs> or acting with me, uh, it'll probably be nursing homes and hospitals. <laughs> and, uh, and that has been pretty surprising to me. Some of the greatest moments, sounds odd maybe, but to sit at someone's deathbed, mm -hmm. It's one of the most moving and I think holiest times there is. I meet with a lot of families and I do a lot of vigils. Mm -hmm. And one of the themes that I always use at a vigil and talk about is the amazing gift that God has given us that we can cry one minute and laugh a second later. Mm -hmm. And uh, it happens every time. And just to see this movement in these families 
you know, that grace very much yeah, present. Yeah, it's just crazy. That is um, a very beautiful blessing that I'm sure a lot of deacons can attest to that they've yeah, experienced. I'm as sure well. they've. Yeah, I'm sure they've all seen it. Yeah, all seen it. So, what advice would you give someone who is considering the diaconate? Don't be afraid of the way God may approach you about it. I guess you know. Um, there's a discernment process, and there's a reason for that. Don't give up on that process and just trust. My spiritual director, you know, when I told him that there's at least 10 men that are better qualified than me, and he said, yes, I believe that. He says, but you're the one saying yes. So don't be afraid. That is beautiful words of wisdom to anyone who is discerning the diaconate, but also just anyone who's discerning a vocation in general. Yes. You know, be not afraid, right? No. Yeah. Will you end by giving us a blessing? <laughs> sure. Thank you. <laughs> Can we do a short prayer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you, first of all, to give you honor and glory. We give that by giving you thanks for all that you do for us, for all the blessings, uh, and particularly for those blessings that we don't always see. We ask that you help us to see you in our lives every moment and to know that you are there, that you are our strength. And we ask all these things through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord be with you. And with you. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Deacon Craig, for oh, your thank you. gift of time and your words of wisdom. They are much appreciated. This is Deacon Greg Sass, Director of the Permanent Diaconate and Diaconate Formation. The diocese has been blessed to have six men called to orders by Bishop Peter Muage as permanent deacons for the Diocese of Rapid City. Their ordination is scheduled for 5.30 p.m. Thursday, June 29, 2023 at the Cathedral of Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Rapid City. All are invited to attend the ordination. For more information, visit rapidcitydiocese.org, read the diocese newspaper, West River Catholic, or your parish bulletin. For more information about the permanent diaconate in the Diocese of Rapid City, contact me at the Chancery, 605-341-3541.